gospel according to St. Luke. We begin our reading with the 43rd verse. For those of you who may not be as familiar with Luke's version of the Sermon on the Mount as we are with Matthew, this is a part of the Sermon on the Mount as recorded in Luke. And I call your very special attention this morning to the reading of these words. Jesus said, No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. The good man brings good things out of the good stored in his heart, and the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For out of the overflow of his heart, his mouth speaks. And then Jesus asks a question. He says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say? And then he goes on to say, I will show you what he is like who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice. He's like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on a rock. When a flood came, the torrent struck that house, but could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears my word and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed, and its destruction was complete. Now let's after of these two stories, that question Jesus asked of his disciples, for your special consideration as a text. Which Jesus said to his disciples, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say to you? Then I want to make two statements, two observations, and I would like for you to hear the observations, these statements, and decide within your own mind whether you agree or whether you disagree with the statement I make. The first of these is this. One of the most difficult things for any individual is to be absolutely honest with oneself. One of the most difficult experiences we face in the issues of life and in the living of our own life is the ability to be absolutely honest with ourselves. That's the first thing. The second thing, the second statement I make is this. There is nothing more essential to a vital and a meaningful life and nothing more necessary to a, an, an understanding of Christianity and of the Christian faith than the ability to be absolutely honest with oneself. Think about it. Nothing is more difficult and yet nothing is more essential than to be absolutely honest with oneself. You may recall the words of Shakespeare as he said it in a most perfect sort of way, to thine own self be true, he said, and it follows as day follows the night, thou canst see fallen, but no man. Now in the words of our text, Jesus reminds his disciples of the significance of this fact in the Sermon on the Mount. The words of our text are almost incidental to everything else Jesus had to say. There are two distinct stories I ask you to consider. There are two distinct stories here in which Jesus talks about one thing to his disciples, 
uh, trying to prepare them for the life to which they have been called and the work that is theirs in the building of the kingdom of God. Before he sent them out into the world to uh, do the things they were asked to do, to live as they were asked to live, he gathered them on a mountainside and shared with them what we have called the Sermon on the Mount. And he told them the story of the importance of of bearing the kind of fruit and the expression of an outward, the outward life being what's going on on the inside. And what one is shows itself in what one does. And then almost incidentally to this, he asks them a question. He says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, if you're not going to do the things I ask you to do, or if you're not going to live the kind of life I ask you to live? And then when he passes over the question, he brings out another story and he talks to them about the significance of laying a proper foundation, of building the kind of uh, house that will withstand the pressures of life and the pressures of the world and the importance of digging deep enough within oneself uh, to lay the proper foundation so that you can face whatever life has to face. Well, this morning I want us to take a look at this question in the light of the decisions we have made and in regards to our own Christianity and our own Christian faith. For I think that there are three things in this question we need to look at and three things we need to consider. The first of these is there is a personal decision we have to make in regards to our understanding of Christianity, in regards to living the Christian life, in regards to discipleship. There is a personal decision we have to face. Many times we debate about the place where Christianity begins. Uh, we have a hard time sometimes realizing where Christianity really begins and the way it really begins in an individual's life. We discuss what it means to us as individuals, what it means to our world, uh, the place that it occupies and and the ideas that go along with the message of Christianity. We talk about the traditions that have come down through the church and which are a vital part of our heritage and a part of our history. We even get theological, even though we may not understand all about theology we like to understand. We even get theological sometimes in our discussion, trying to decide where Christianity really begins what Christianity is and the way in which the Christian faith works in an individual's life. But in reality, Christianity begins with a personal decision on the part of an individual as to how we intend to live the life God has given us to live and who we intend to follow in the decisions we are forced to make and in the kind of life we are privileged to live. It's as simple as that. The traditions of the faith are necessary, I suppose. Uh, the doctrine of the church is essential, I suppose, in our understanding of all of Christianity. But the thing we need to remember above everything else is that the Christian faith begins with a decision on our part to live the kind of life God has called us to live and follow the directions of Him that we have chosen to follow. Now most of us have made that decision already. We have come to the place where we have said, this is the kind of life we'd like to live. These are the things we'd like to do. This is 
the kind of person I'd like to be. And I suppose in our own way we have said to ourselves, to the best of my ability, I'm going to follow the dictates of the faith and do the thing God wants me to do and live as Christ wants me to live. But are we any, are, are we any different to the disciples? You may recall the words of our text as they have taken from the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus had called his disciples and said to them, here's the message that I have for you to take. Here's the kind of life I want you to live. But before he sent them out into the world to do that which he had called them to do, before he made any assignment whatsoever uh, about their life and about their work, he called them aside and, and laid down for them certain guidelines and certain principles and endowed them with a heritage uh, that would equip them for whatever kind of life they think. And yet almost in the middle of everything else he was doing and everything else he was saying, Jesus looked at his disciples and said to them, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, if you're not going to do the things I ask you to do? As if to say, now is the time in which you need to consider the decision that you have made. And now is the time in which you need to reaffirm the vows that you have taken and recommit yourselves to the ideals you profess. And so from time to time, we, as the disciples of Christ, need to look at the decision we have made, need to look at the kind of life we have chosen to live, the master we've chosen to follow, and we need to decide for ourselves that here is the decision by which we intend to live the rest of our life, and we are willing to pay the price we're asked to pay to do whatever we're asked to do, to live by the decisions that we make. And then there is with this decision uh, a source of concern not only for ourselves but for those with whom we live. That is to simply say if we're going to be honest with ourselves in our relationship to God, if we're going to follow the directions of Christ, then there must be within our life a willingness to feel the concern, to feel concern for those with whom we live, and to be sensitive to the needs of the world about us, and realize that they are our responsibility in the same way in which we are the responsibility of one another. The late Harry Emerson Fosdick said it this way. There is no road to one's view of God that does not first begin with his view of humanity. And then he goes on to say that most of the teachings of Jesus, most of the teachings of Jesus, if you will, begin with a call to better the conditions of humankind. And it is out of this call that we truly come to a clearer understanding of what God is like within the affairs of our own life. There comes a time, if we're going to be honest with ourselves, when we must consider our reaction to the needs of the world in which we live. There comes a time in which we must be sensitive to the calls of those about us and mindful of the fact of our responsibility for the betterment of their life and for the enrichment of the whole human situation. 
when we live under the Lordship of Jesus Christ, then we are challenged to do what we can for the betterment of the world in which we live and for the enrichment of the lives of those for whom we are responsible. You may remember it this way. Jesus described it in a most perfect way when he was asked, what is the law, what, the, what is the most uh, the essential law, or, or what is the summary of the law by which we live? Jesus said the law begins first of all with it. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. That's our That's the place in which it begins. That's the point at which we decide for ourselves that we are the disciples of Christ and therefore we are the servants of God. It seems to us that we have made the decision. The second part is likened to it and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I think the time has come when we as Christians, we as a part of the community of faith, need to rediscover one of the basic tenets of the Protestant Reformation, that is the priesthood of our beliefs. Well, you see, one of the things that, that gave credence to Protestantism, and one of the things that, that brought the church into existence in the dynamic way in which the church came into being, was the realization that simply because one is ordained and one is not ordained, really doesn't make any difference in the demands that are placed upon us to share the faith that we possess and to minister in the name of Christ to those who do it. I read a statement in which the, the writer said one of the greatest problems we face in the Methodist Church is the gap that is created between the pulpit and the teacher. In which the laity, he said, is simply not accepting all the areas of responsibility of discipleship, all of the demands for witnessing to the faith that we possess. And you may say the same thing about the church. You may say that we're not doing what we ought to do. But let me say the thing the time has come Laity and clergy alike need to be honest with ourselves and with God in looking at the world in which we live and realizing that there are people out there who are utterly dependent upon our sharing with them the faith we possess if they are to discover for themselves the message of Christ and the music of life that we have to offer and the strength of life that we have done for them. And this then brings me to the third area. And that is, there is within our decision a call of sin. Quite often, this is the one place at which we have the most trouble being totally honest with ourselves. We may see the decision we have to make. We may even come to the point where we feel rather strongly the urge from within to do something about the conditions of the world of which we are. None of us are absolutely insensitive to the cries of hunger in the world today. None of us are, are absolutely insensitive to 
the cries of the human race to suffer. We've heard their cries. We have felt the anger of them. The point is, are we willing to be absolutely honest with ourselves when the call of God comes to us go and travel to the world to the world? All too often, our discipleship ends with a call. Okay. You remember the story that happened in Jesus' day of how Jesus called three men and told them to do a certain job that needed to be done and knew that they could do the job and he said, so I tried to send them out. The one of them said, I can't go because of one reason, the other one said, I can't go because of something else, and the other said, I can't go because of something else. And, and the writer said that all the one told began to make reality is this anything different to our reaction and to the reaction of, of so much of, of the church and our world today. We, we have become pretty adept at making decisions. We, we look at our life and, and we think we have a valid reason not to do some of the things we have to do. We look at it and it's not that we're, we're bad, it's not that we intentionally refuse. We look at it and we say, I can't do this. It's just not in my line. It, it just doesn't meet. I'm just not able. Without ever stopping to realize that we also live in a world. We live in a world in which it's pretty easy to excuse ourselves from some of the demands placed upon us, from some of the challenges that we live in a world in which it's pretty easy for us to, to refuse because of, of the circumstances surrounding our family. And I never stop enough to realize that it is to be absolutely honest. Realize the decisions that we have made and the concerns inevitably lead us in the area of the service where only God is called to be. Only God to do the job that needs to be done. We are satisfied only by the power of God to work in our lives. Let me illustrate it in this way. Many years ago, I had a, a young fellow in the NYF in the church in which I was serving who was getting ready to graduate from high school, and he was one of the top high school athletes in the state of Alabama. He had been recognized by the Hotel of News as one of the top ten prospects in the state. He was a, a gifted young athlete. He had all the ability that one could ask for. He had received scholarship offers, to my knowledge, from at least ten major universities in, uh, across the United States. Every school in the Southeastern Conference, Notre Dame, Southern Cal, some of the, the more prominent football schools in America had, had made their way to Georgia and had notified him they wanted him to come. And when he made his final decision, he came to me one day and he said, you know what really changed my mind? What really helped me to make the decision? And I said, I don't hear no telling about it. The thing that really made him decision called me to do the thing and go there and go. He said, I got a telephone call from the church today. 
And he said to me something like this. He said, son, if you really want to play football, then come on down and get started. If you don't want to work, then go to And in reality, this is the message of Christ. This is the message of discipleship. These are, this is the message of God to us. If you really want to live the Christian life, if you really want to do the things that need to be done, if you really want to see the things happening within our world that will change the course of history and at least give some similar sanity to the world of the present country, then Jesus says, make the decision. Let's look at life. Let's give it to us. One you call me loyal and awesome. If you're not going to bring the thing that I to do. If you're not going to live the kind of life I expect to do. If you're not going to be the kind of thing. The decision of power and the answer lies and our relationship to God and the satisfaction comes from God's involvement with us and following through and the decision of the and being the person that God has called us to be and enjoy the kind of love that comes with us. Help us to God. The struggles of our own life and the struggles of our own soul to realize the significance of our commitment. To realize the response we need affects not only the kind of life we live, but affects the building of our kingdom on And help us over in every decision we to maintain the Lordship of Jesus Christ, that we may be His disciples and their servants. I said, wherever we call it again, but it's a man of Christ Jesus.